Hi, everybody. It's Randy Nonnenberg here again with the Bring a Trailer podcast. Good to have everybody with us. We're excited um, to chat today a little bit with a uh, well-known member of the BAT community. Captain My Captain is his username, and you may know him from uh, winning the BAT Commenter of the Year um, a year ago, and uh, from his uh, illustrious commenting around many different vehicles on the website. Captain, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, we love talking to different members of the BAT community, and obviously the community um, and the individuals in it are what really sets BAT apart and is really different from certainly any other automotive marketplace, but also, you know, just different than a lot of uh, internet websites and uh, enthusiast groups around. And so we just love to pick your brain a little bit today, talk to you about uh, what brought you to BAT and, and uh, what excites you about being a member of the community. So can you share with us just to kick it off? Yeah, how you discovered BAT and, and when you joined up? Sure, sure. Let me let me just preface it by saying uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm a little bit afraid that um, after having listened to the conversation with Bob Lutz and others, that I feel a little bit like Homer Simpson walking into a Superman uh, party. But nonetheless, here we are. Um, my experience with that goes back uh, a lot longer than prior to, or a lot uh, longer than just my membership, uh, and I first discovered it on a, on a flipboard, uh, and cars would come up, and of course, like everybody else, I'd be captivated, and uh, look at the cars, read the comments, enjoy, uh, and then that took me to the actual website where I could follow them on a uh, more regular basis. Uh, and I, I don't know why, <laughs> other than just uh, lack of information, I, I thought that uh, becoming a member was something that was a lot more complex than providing an email address and and just saying you want to join. Uh, I, I thought maybe there was a, a subscription or something more detailed. And so I didn't join as a member, but as I was looking at cars, I, I, I would think up comments in my head that uh, made me grin a little bit and a couple of years went by and I actually uh, thought about um, trying to sell the Oldsmobile that my grandmother had purchased brand new in 1972 on bring a trailer because it was an awesome car that I thought might find a market there so I uh, I researched to join found out that it wasn't complicated at all. And before I could list the car, my sister had put a sign on it out in front of her house and sold it. So uh, had the membership and decided to make make the most of it. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking here at your uh, member page on BAT and it says January 2019 was when you left your first comment or, or first joined up and you've done, you know, 500 since then. Um, and but it sounds like maybe you were uh, lurking around on BAT and thinking about it even before 2019. Is that right? For sure. For a couple of years prior to that, but uh, jumped into it uh, with both feet two years ago. Yeah, fantastic. And part of the reason we have you here, and uh, honestly, part of the reason I think people recognize your username and, and you're so well known around uh, the halls of BAT, as we like to call it, despite uh, its virtual nature, is, um, yeah, the, the types of comments you leave are uh, interesting. It's uh, people would call you maybe a, a writer more than a commenter. It's, uh, it's sometimes a fictional narrative or it's sometimes a little bit different, right? You're not usually the guy saying, hey, is that engine dripping oil? You know, asking technical <laughs> questions about uh, about the car. You do it a little bit differently. So tell us tell us why on earth that is. Does that is that what you do in uh, your daily life, too? Are you a, a writer by a hobby or, or trade or is this uh, is this just something that you found as a totally separate outlet on BAT? Well, um... I've had I've had a couple of different careers, and, and writing has been uh, a facet of each of them. Uh, not to where uh, I've ever actually gotten paid, 
uh, for for writing, but that's part of the job that I do. And as a teacher, I've actually taught writing for a number of years, uh, but certainly not the type that uh, I post on that. Those would probably get Fs from my students if uh, <laughs> if they ever turned those in. But but they're mildly entertaining anyway. Uh, and it's an interesting story uh, that in the beginning. Uh, I, I posted a few stories. In fact, one of the first ones was a 1957 uh, Featherlight, uh, a Lumacraft boat that Denworks had posted. And it, it was such a neat uh, little boat. And for, for reasons I still can't explain, uh, 1957 and, and all that was going on and the idea of Hemingway popped in my mind. And I thought as a challenge to myself, I'm going to, um, I'm going to see if I can't craft a story about this boat and spending an afternoon with Hemingway on it and somehow work in the titles of all of his novels into the story. <laughs> uh, obviously I had too much time on my hands that day. So I, I spent an hour and, uh, and did it and posted it. And I thought this is probably too long, uh, but what the heck? And after, after a couple of days, it turned yellow, which I thought was uh, a sign that it was about to be taken down. I had no idea what that meant. Um, but it actually ended up doing well. I think it might've gotten comment of the day or some such. And uh, nobody contacted me and said, don't ever do that again. So I thought, well, huh, uh, I'll, I'll give this another try. And over the course of a few months, posted several different stories, most of which were fictional, but um, mildly entertaining to those that had a taste for it and never got reprimanded. And so I thought, all right, well, um, no harm, no foul. Uh, until somebody says, don't do this anymore, I'm going to continue to uh, post stories as I am inspired. And I want to say it was after about the 30th story that I got an email from somebody at BAT. And um, they said, if you'll tell us who you are, we'll send you a t shirt. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I took that as mild approval. And uh, by the way, it's been two, two years. The t-shirt's just about worn out now, Randy. Um, and uh, kept doing what, what I was doing that I enjoyed and apparently a handful of other people did too. Well, we'd be happy to replace the t-shirt anytime, Captain. I'm sure we can, <laughs> I'm sure we can find a way on that one, but um uh, no, that's, that's remarkable. I, while you were talking, I looked up the, yeah, it is a 1957 Feathercraft rocket runabout with trailer that's sold, yeah. for, sold for 14 grand on uh, BAT in, uh, what is it? April, 2019. And I'm looking at your original, uh, comment, uh, which is, uh, yeah, really fun. Yeah. I did get a whole bunch of thumbs up and people were probably a little taken aback by it, but yeah, people ask us all the time, you know, our, what are the rules on commenting? And do you ever, I mean, do you guys, you know, watch the commenting discussion and do you ever have to tell people to take a hike and how does it work? <laughs> and we, uh, we certainly monitor it. We certainly read it and we certainly um, do have to tell some people to take a hike, but we also, I mean, the, the creativity of your stories and obviously the way they resonate with folks. And, and I think frankly, bring uh, joy to folks, uh, I think is great. And we naturally need to walk that balance of, you know, if somebody's selling their TR6, you don't want somebody to go writing, uh, uh, you know, some, you know, 12 page missive about who knows what on that, that can be a little distracting and, and uh, different than what we're actually trying to achieve. But um, yeah, yours are, are uh, right there and adjacent and interesting and invigorating in a way that, that, yeah, they always get a lot of thumbs up and people, people really like it. So I've, I've seen it as part of, 
um, you know, the flavor of the BAT community and a positive influence there. And honestly, yeah, you came on in 2019 and then, you know, 2020 is obviously a crazy year for everybody and COVID and that sort of stuff. Just looking, looking for a lot of, or any, frankly, you know, positive outlets and, and joy that could be brought through our platform or others. I, I thought your presence and consistency was super uh, appreciated by the broader community. Do you think maybe the fact that that people were turning to our online uh, uh, outlet as, um, you know, just sort of a positive component of their life was probably of, of, uh, of interest to them over the last year, or maybe even to you in writing them? Oh, no doubt about it. In, in fact, my, my first thought when the pandemic hit was, uh, this can't be good for BAT. Uh, how many people are going to be buying cars, buying and selling cars, especially uh, unique automobiles with, with a story in a time when you can't even leave your house? And, uh, of course, I completely misread that, and it was just the opposite. When people are stuck at home, uh, they have more time to devote to hobbies, uh reading stories, researching things that otherwise they might not have been able to. And so I think it was great for Bring a Trailer, and I think it provided a forum uh, with a willing audience to appreciate uh, my little contribution. Uh, the other thing ab about my perspective on it, I I've enjoyed cars since I was a tiny kid. I, I, I think there's a lot of us out there that grew up with Life magazine, and we could identify cars before we could read, and just grew up with that, uh, that part of our lives being touched by automobiles in whatever different manner speaks to you. But, uh, and, and I've enjoyed classic cars that I've owned, but I have never once um, been the tech, uh, I've never been part of the technical aspect of it. Uh, the only tool I ever figured out how to use when restoring or owning a classic car was a checkbook. Uh, that's just not my gift, but I've always enjoyed the backstory. Uh, cars form chapters in the novels that are our lives. I know I've heard you say you had a uh, a Toyota FJ when you were a teenager, and you identify, I would think, a big chunk of your life with that car. Um, and that has nothing to do with cubic inches, disc brakes or drum brakes, or anything else. It's just the story of the car. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you, uh, you hit it on the head for me personally, right? I mean, the, you know, you think of your first car and tooling around and, you know, what uh how naive everybody was at 15 16 years old you know going around driving around burning gas and shifting gears and it's it kind of makes you shake your head but you also kind of long for those days in a sense i think that's why a lot of people uh love looking back either at old photos or on bat you know striving to get back to whatever vehicle they drove in those in those earlier times it certainly uh, is like that for me and it's why i have an fj today you know it's some sort of uh you know, barely little, tiny little finger hold on uh, on the past of what things were like back then. So I, I feel that way, and I think sure. some of your some of your stories are like that. Do your stories that you end up writing that the Hemingway and the boat one is super interesting. It's kind of it sounds like it was just sort of a lightning strike that you wanted to weave together. But uh, you know, any other vehicle, obviously they they may uh, touch on some early memory of yours. If it's you know the the neighbor's car down the street or the, you know, girlfriend's dad's car or whatever that pops up on BAT? Like what are, what makes uh, you decide, oh, this is the one I'm going to write a little comment about, or this one's not one. What, uh, what triggers that for you? That's an interesting question. And there's, there's really a few different things that speak to me and along those lines, certainly uh, personal stories make a real impression. And if, if I see a car that goes along with one of those, uh, I am not unwilling to share that. There's a 1957 Thunderbird that I wrote a story about, um, oh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago, uh, that 
is the story is true. My uncle, when I was a when I was a kid, was going to medical school. He was a doctor. He lived in our basement, and he had a 1957 Thunderbird. And the story that I wrote about that was about him and his exploits and how the car fit into that. And the memories of the car are almost as strong as my memories of him, and they all form a story that. Uh, just has an impact and you take that with you for a long time. Yeah. Wow. I remember there was a, there was a story I wrote. I want to say it was on a, a Maserati and normally that's not my wheelhouse, but I, I looked at this Maserati and I read the, the auction write up and I saw that it had been purchased off of a used car lot at a Subaru dealership or some such when it was three years old <laughs> and my mind immediately thought did somebody go in for a Subaru and say no no we'll take that Maserati over there or how did that come about what is the backstory of a Maserati ending up on a Subaru lot when it's only three years old and <laughs> you know the the possibilities are pretty unlimited. Uh, I love it. You know, I mean, almost whether it's going to be the true story or a fictional story, either one could be kind of amazing what you could put together with that, with that setting the stage. Well, let me tell you, um, initially, I, I tried to come up with stories that I thought uh, would be interesting, but that were based on my, my own experience. And when over the course of time and the input of other BAT uh, members that uh, I've, I've literally become friends with over, over time through correspondence and through uh, comments and tags, uh, it developed into something where most of them are a lot more fictional than autobiographical. And when, when you go from fact to fiction, uh, it gets a lot more fun because you're not limited. And there's been some, some crazy uh, stories that have absolutely no base in reality, but they're entertaining. And they're all tied to a car that somebody's trying to auction. And I, I try to always be sure that uh, the stories are complimentary of the car um, but also give a human touch to it and people that are familiar with what I've, I've done for a while appreciate that I always think about the poor guy that just joined uh, BAT last week to try to sell his uh, lifelong passion and he pulls up his listing and there's a 600 word diatribe that makes no sense to him whatsoever uh, and I, I want to make sure that he's never offended or disappointed. Well, we appreciate your sensitivity to that. Yeah, there are all types on uh, BAT. You know, you could get the the grizzled car dealer that's showing up, you know, selling unit number 879. And, you, you know, you drop in there and have some things to say. And there can be, um, you know, one of your friends. It's it's really interesting to me that you, you uh, reference other commenters and people that you dice it up with on BAT as, as, you know, actual relationships and friends, which I think is really neat. It's really kind of wild to think about what, what uh, the BAT community has spawned in, in that sort of dynamic, or it could be a, a real first timer, right? Like what you're talking about and, and, uh, and figuring out how to make sure what, what you say is additive. And obviously some of that is our job as well to make sure that, you know, we are making sure that the discussion is, is a, a helpful one. And that doesn't mean it always has to be positive, but that does mean it needs to be um, yeah, just sort of additive to the experience for, for everybody. So no, yeah. appreciate your, appreciate your, uh, sharing that. I think, man, I wish you could share that with all the commenters out there from the first timers to the veterans, because we sure do a fair amount of, uh, you know, watching everything just to make sure that it stays on the rails. And, uh, and there are so many thousands of commenters now it's a, it's sometimes a daunting task. Well, yeah. And most of them, there's a, there's a place for most of them. Um, and until it either gets personal or just gets negative and then it doesn't doesn't make any sense. But um, 
I'll, I'll never forget at some point I started getting tags saying, will you write a story about my car when I list it? <laughs> and I thought, uh, this is interesting. Um, and I, number one, it doesn't really work that way, but, <laughs> but number two, there must be a demand for, um, for what I provide that, uh, adds, add something to it. Absolutely. And, and the neat part that we found on BAT, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be for everybody, right? The thing that you uh, write in your sort of uh, signature style, again, is different than the person that, you know, goes after the technical details and the, the minutia of, you know, the serial numbers and that sort of stuff. But there's, I really think that there's room for it all. And it's, it's, it's additive and it's, it, it sort of, um, yeah, it speaks to the variety of both the kinds of vehicles we have on the website, but also the kinds of people, right? I mean, young, old, male, female, you know, crazy, sane. We've got, we kind of have this whole um, swath of, of people that, that have gathered around these cars that are being transacted and, and that also just jog memories and, and nostalgia for folks or passion. And uh, I, I really think having all types of that is really um, sort of the magic of what we've been able to put together and, and see flourish. So um, yeah, so many different flavors of that. But um, I, I did want to dig in a little bit. I, I, I mean, there's, I think people have burning questions. A, who, who the heck is this guy that's writing these stories? Uh, the community at BAT is always interesting and, and the screen names being somewhat anonymous are interesting, right? I mean, and people, people always ask Randy, like, who is that guy selling those cars or who is that, that, that person making those comments? Um, and so uh, for you, obviously you picked a pretty distinct username, uh, possibly signaling some of your uh, literary uh, favorites or, uh, or pursuits. Like tell us about picking the name Captain My Captain and, and why, why you grabbed it. Uh, well, there has been speculation that it is based on the Walt Whitman poem, and um, I guess in a roundabout way it is, although not directly. Uh, I teach. Uh, I teach high school history and English, and that name was actually given to me a few years back, several years back, by a group of students based on the Robin Williams movie, uh, Dead Poet Society. And uh, I took it as a compliment. I, I, I enjoyed the backstory of that. And uh, when I had to come up with a, uh, a handle, um, when I was opening the, the account on BAT, uh, that's just the first thing that came to mind. And I really didn't even think that much about it. But it has it has taken hold. And created a life of its own uh that's a good one yeah i was i was actually going to say that whenever i see it pop across on the screen on cars that i'm looking at uh i actually do think of the movie and the kids standing on the desks and that you know i don't know if you've uh you know it's given that your students mentioned it to you went back and saw the movie or if you saw it when it was brand new in the theaters but that was that was a pretty impactful movie and a, an interesting yeah. one and it has a few really super iconic scenes but the the one where they all state that and stand up on their desks is always one that was kind of burned in my memory yeah a great movie it was great when it was new it was even better uh, 30 years later and the other thing that's outstanding are the cars that are in it Oh, that's interesting. I've never watched it with an eye for the vehicles that were in it, but it's it's set in the 40s or something, isn't it? I, I forget when uh, it's set. In the late, late 50s, yeah. Is it 50s? Okay, yeah, interesting. Uh, anyway, I'll have to go back and, and check it out. But anyway, I thought people would get a kick out of that. I appreciate you sharing the, the story about um, that. So obviously, you're, yeah, you're in the teaching field and know how to put a few words together yourself. Uh, who do you draw inspiration from? Who are your favorite writers? Is it, is it, you know, stuff in, uh, in magazines and periodicals and car magazines, or is it, uh, are you a, a student of the classics or like, what is, what is your, uh, where do you draw inspiration? So it's, it's really kind of a combination of all of the above. Um, with the advent of the iPad, my reading habits have changed like most, uh, everybody else's. Uh, I've got a library of books at home that uh, I treasure 
but I read fewer books now and uh, try to keep up to date with all the current events based on news articles, uh, follow all the uh, automobile magazines on uh, online. Uh, when I have time to sit down and read a book, most of them, ironically, are going to be nonfiction, historical type uh, items. But uh, when I sit down to write, I love nothing more than making stuff up. <laughs> I don't know what that should tell us, but um, that's that's kind of my background and, and where my wheelhouse is as far as what I enjoy to, to write myself. I will I will tell you this, because several people have commented, uh, it, it sounds like you know how to put together a story. And I don't know if that's really the case or not, but I have figured out over time that a story is a lot more engaging than a series of facts. And when I'm in the classroom, uh, history can be as dry as you want it to, to be, or it can be as engaging as you want it to be. And that's just based on how you present it. And if you can present it as a story that kids are drawn into, uh, then they will get a lot out of it. And if it's just a bunch of facts, nobody cares. And it's, it's similar to uh, the description that BAT provides uh, for every car. That's the bare essentials. And all of those are important. And you have to have all that information. But those generally aren't the things that speak to people that are drawn to those cars. It's um, how that car might have been a part of their life years ago or how they want it to be a part of their life in years to come. Um, it's the story that the car represents beyond just the facts. The facts are just there to provide all the details that you need to make a decision on. Yeah, I, I love it. I love hearing that from you. Um, thanks for sharing it. And also, yeah, I mean, stemming on that and, and the stories, are there any, um, are there any uh, vehicles that you had either in your family growing up or up to present day that, that uh, sort of were the, were the ones that carried the most stories for you personally? Uh, they all provide some touchstones for sure. Um, I can remember... Uh, you know, going to get a new car was a huge deal back in the day. And the neighbors would come out and see it when you pulled up into the driveway. And you were kind of the hero of the block for a day or two until the newness wore off. And then when they'd go get a new car, you'd, you'd do the same thing. It was it was really kind of an event. Um, for a long time, my folks had uh, VW Bugs. And so <laughs> not exactly the epitome of luxury or uh, high tech. So I remember distinctly, in fact, I even wrote a story about it. I remember the first time I ever sat in a Cadillac. Uh, it was in first grade. And a, a kid that I went to school with asked me over to his house and his, his mother picked us up. And I sat in the back of that Cadillac and just had never seen anything like it and he reached over and pushed the button for the window to go up and down and it was like seeing a magic show um so just different things like that as a kid uh stick with you for for a long time and then as an adult you know your first car like you mentioned about the fj your first car is just um such a a touchstone and it has so many memories attached to it and so many aspects of life change all of a sudden you're you've got freedom you've got um your own possession that uh is has legal requirements to it and uh but will take you anywhere that that you can go whether you should or not um it's it's kind of a mind-boggling shift into adulthood and after you've had it a while you can't 
wait to get rid of it and get something newer and nicer. And then at some point you'd give anything to have it back. So it, it goes full circle in terms of what that car means in your life. And, and to an extent, all the ones that you have after that, do you remember the, the car you brought your kids home from the hospital in? Well, sure. Do you remember the car you had to take to a funeral for some reason? Uh, cars give context to what happens in everyday life that um, not many other possessions are able to do. I fully agree. I think everybody in the audience would agree as well. That's part of why they're hanging around BAT, but that's also part of, you know, just the storytelling aspect. And it's crazy how many memories can be jogged. You see, uh, you know, a car pop up on BAT. It's often such a sort of surprise, right? You never really know what's going to be next, but then one pops up and it's like, yeah, it's like one of those cars buried deep in your memory banks. And all of a sudden, you know, some, some thoughts of some people and some places, you know, spring up. It's for me personally, even now, I mean, it's so it's bananas now, right? I mean, 400 cars are on the website or whatever's happening. It's hard. It's hard to keep up with everyone, but still, I still go to the top of the of, uh, you know, my own website just to see what's coming across. And, you know, sure. some, some pickup truck will pop up and I'll be like, man, you know what? I, I knew a guy that had that, you know, and I, or I rode around in one of those and it's, it's crazy. I, I love that you talk about VW bugs in your, in your past. I didn't know. And you sounded, you said it like it's plural, like maybe your, uh, your folks were afflicted with, uh, the VW disease for a, a number of cars. My mom's first car was a, was a 67 Beetle. Um, and were there, was there a whole string of VWs or were they loyal to that for some reason? Uh, no, they were just poor. <laughs> it's, it was not, and back then too, it was, it was unusual to drive a foreign car. Uh, I, I think they were stigmatized a little bit, uh, by virtue of the fact that I don't think that there was another one on our block at the time, but, uh, they they served the purpose, you know. They were economical. It was brand new, uh, and yet you could you could buy it for a song, and uh, and they were practical. Uh, once they could afford something bigger, nicer, newer, air conditioned, uh, Beatles were a thing of the past. Yeah. <laughs> but ironically, um, there's a there's a story I did about a 1962. Mercury Comet Villager Station Wagon. And the thing, I mean, Patina does not classify what that car had. It was, it was rusty and it was beautiful. But it, I mean, it, you could tell there were a number of stories that went along with that car. And what I wrote was, this thing was brand new on the showroom floor one day and who went in and bought that and, and what was the story behind that choice. And when they traded it in, it went to the used car lot and who bought it next. And here's a possible story that went with it at that point. And when they were done with it several years later, it probably wound up on a tote the note. And this is could have what could have been what happened to it. And at the end of the story, you know, there's some guy that paid 50 bucks for it and is living out of it behind the Piggly Wiggly. But that got him through until the next chapter of his life. And then it went to a garage sale. You know, there's a there's a chronological order to cars and they're not all happy endings, but they all tell a story for whoever was the caretaker of it at that point in time. That's a great one. Again, I, I love that you're, you, I don't know if you had these queued up or you just remember all these comments. I mean, man, you've done hundreds of them, but you remember them by, by model, which, which is something that's fascinating for me. I just went and searched uh, Mercury Comet Villager as fast as I could on the, on the website and pulled it up and found your comment. And yeah, I mean, I'll quote you here, uh, but this 62 Mercury Common Custom Villager has earned a respect that only comes from being around the block more than a few times, you said, uh, which yeah. I think is, yeah, exactly, exactly uh, the situation with this one, old and, and uh, 
little little tired on the outside, you know? I mean, who knows who that last guy living in it was. <laughs> <laughs> True, but, but each one of those stories is unique and adds to the history of the car um, and, and has deep meaning for whoever the participants were in that part of the story. Um, you, you know, whenever you see, well, I don't know about you, but whenever I see a, a 76 Chevrolet Impala, um, it, it really brings back memories because everybody I knew had one in 76, 77, 78. And now when you, when you see one, you think, oh my gosh, I haven't seen one of those in decades. And it brings back a flood of memories and it just makes you want to go get the, the Fleetwood Mac eight track and sit down and, and think about that the time back then when that was the norm. Um, every car tells a story. Yep. Fantastic. So, um, anyway, you had asked, uh, when we connected here, actually just uh, a couple of days ago, I was really excited to reach out to you and say, Hey, we want to have you on the podcast. And you, you, uh, very humbly said, why, why me? Like, why do you want to have me on, on the podcast? And I, I relate a story to you where I was, yeah, eating lunch with some, you know, BAT, uh, folks that, uh, you know, are obviously on the site all the time. We have so many people that are just, uh, you know, just the, the amount that, uh, that they're on the site always blows me away. And I've gotten to, you know, personally connect with some of them. And I was eating lunch with a few of them and they're like, you know, who you need to get, you need to get captain, my captain. And I was like, well, that's a great idea, you know? And sometimes these ideas are just that simple, you know, people will nudge us and, and, uh, and say, why don't you do this? Or why don't you try this? Or why don't you add this feature to BAT and see what happens? And a lot of it has been, uh, you know, sourced from the community of users who, uh, are such a, a vast resource, but I've, I thought it was a great idea and am super excited that we're chatting right now. You were actually, um, when we were talking, said that you may have some questions for me or for BAT in general. Do you want to pose any of those right now? Sure. Um, obviously you, um, have, uh, you're, you're a little bit of a folk hero in, in a lot of ways in that you have taking taken something that was a hobby uh, uh something that i'm sure when you sat down to do a blog for the very first time you had no idea that it was going to develop into something that really has kind of reshaped uh the classic car auction world um at at what point did you wake up and say huh uh, this is, this is something I never dreamed of. Um, I would say, and it, it actually is an interesting corollary to what you do and sort of your role in the BAT community, uh, and many others roles is when people started to share, uh, in the comments section, right. And it's not like we, we didn't invent commenting on the internet, right. I mean, it was a an off-the-shelf blog that we just kind of turned on, right? There were blogs all over the place. That was sort of starting to happen when we turned this thing on in 2007. But um, the most interesting part was, yeah, when people, people I didn't know, right? I mean, the, the first few stories, first of all, had no comments. Nobody cared, right? Nobody, it was like, it was like <laughs> speak, speaking into a microphone. I call it speaking into a microphone that was turned off, right? Like that's what I was doing at the beginning. Nobody, nobody cared. And then you know, a few buddies would like drop like a funny comment in or something, right? But I mean, the early days, the earliest days, uh, and the, one of the most invigorating um, sort of adrenaline hits was, yeah, some, I don't, I don't know who this person is. Somebody logged in with some username and started sharing about, you know, the, the uh, Toyota that I featured or the, you know, 190 SL that I found for sale and wrote about. And somebody would come in and say, oh yeah, I had one of those or, oh, I was the seller of that. Thanks for posting it or whatever. And it was just kind of like, oh my goodness, somebody actually read this and cared enough to, you know, drop a little note in the comments. And you don't want to, you don't want to judge your success by, uh, by, uh, you know, number of comments or number of followers or whatever. I think a lot of people do that these days. And I don't know that that's super healthy, but I mean, just to get any human semi-anonymous interaction and encouragement 
via these stories that I was starting to write uh, online, um, that's when it was just kind of like, wow, somebody is actually going to read this. You know, I think that was the a major, major inflection point. And it, it was, it was, you know, weeks or months of writing with nobody doing that. So that's what made it all the more novel as well. Yeah. And, and to, to slowly realize that something that you have a passion for and are just throwing out there has an audience um, is a special moment, right? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, what you had shared earlier about like somebody, somebody saying, I'm going to list my car. Will you write a story? It was really funny. I, I chuckled when you said that's not really how it works. Uh, the, um, the, it's, it's kind of similar to, you know, somebody uh, saying, uh, giving you that positive feedback that they actually kind of like what you're doing and do more of it. Um, you're like, oh, okay. Like this is, maybe this is kind of a neat thing for folks, you know? So that's, that's, uh, those are milestone moments. I don't know. It's like, I don't know the restaurant where they put the, you know, first dollar they made is framed on the wall sort of deal, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, like the, the very early milestone that maybe this thing is actually going to work, uh, is, uh, is a real light bulb moment. And, and some of those came early on, uh, yeah. When it extended past, you know, friends and family. Yeah. I remember uh, there was a year and a half ago, there was a listing for a, a 59 Porsche 356A Emory Outlaw. And, you know, the thing ended up selling for a half a million dollars and it was an incredible car. And um, I, I can't say enough good things about it, but in the listing, um, the the owner who had commissioned the car said that he wanted it built as though King Carlos of Spain had contacted Ferdinand Porsche to custom craft a car for him. And I, I was I was blown away by that. Number one, because of the creativity. And number two, because somebody had the resources to do that. And and I I posted a story. Uh, that was poking fun of him a little bit, but at the same time saying, how awesome is that? And, and I thought at the time, you know, this might get flagged. It's non-constructive because dang. And instead it ended up getting, I don't know, 77 thumbs up and became comment of the day. And, and that's when I thought, okay, people understand there's a sense of humor that can go along with this and be entertaining and and still provide constructive uh, input about somebody's passion. And man, anytime you can provide constructive input about somebody's passion, especially nowadays, that's a win for everybody involved. I agree with you. Absolutely. I remember that car very, very well. That car is a special car for us to get to list on the site. And and the, yeah, the dialogue on that, I think your comment was one of hundreds and hundreds. I mean, that car really resonated with folks, but that that story about the commissioning was you know, totally out of left field and, and not what not what I would have expected either. There was certainly uh, high marks for uh, for creativity on that one. Sure. And you're talking to somebody whose last new car was a VW Golf bought off the lot. So um, the fact that there are people out there that can commission a car with that kind of a background uh, is admirable, uh, but I, I can't relate to them on a daily basis. Yep. Absolutely. But that's what bad is there for. There you go. There you go. And every day so, the, the weirdness will come on out. Sorry. You have another one, another question. I've got, I've got as many as you've got time for. <laughs> um, so you, I mean, BAT has gone through a, a huge change in the last year on your end of it. Uh, thankfully, and I, I, I read feedback about this all the time, not so much on ours, certainly not in any kind of a uh, negative sense. I know there were a lot of fears stated up front. Oh, you know, BAT is sold out, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually been just more of a the next step in an evolution and there hasn't been any downside to it uh at least that i've heard about from from 
my point of view in the community. I'm curious as to what you think the biggest change is uh, since your affiliation with Hearst that you perhaps had not expected, but but maybe enjoy or uh, it was a pleasant surprise. Oh, that's a that's a uh, astute question. Yeah, my my favorite thing you say there is that. From your perspective, the experience has not been diminished. That was actually, you know, when it came to the, the sort of goals for how to how to orchestrate this sort of thing was super high on my list. The, the, the two highest, I would say, was, you know, our staff. I wanted life to get better for our staff and not worse. Uh, and for the BAT community and the product, um, I wanted it to, yeah, ideally get better and not worse. And a lot, and obviously there's so many horror stories of, you know, XYZ big company came in and bought this wonderful little, you know, uh, whatever cookie shop around the corner. And now it's terrible and everybody leaves, you know, there's many, many reasons for that. And, and sometimes that's how it goes, but we, um, and when I say we, I mean the other managers at BAT and my business partner, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that I started it with, we, we took a long, long time considering who we were going to entertain as a partner and how we were going to do it. And um, we just wanted to be really cautious. And we want to be honestly be able to say that, okay, everybody, I mean, you saw we do things a little differently on BAT. And I, I was in there like answering Q&A, live Q&A about it on the day we announced it and stuff. And I was taking plenty of plenty of, uh, you know, missiles headed my way. And, and we just had to stand up and honestly be able to say, you know, the goal here is not to change the product substantially the goal is to you know help us make it better and so that's what we've continued to try to do and i think the positive that that has come out about that is um yeah not only the positive working relationship with the hearst folks who are very much like randy keep keep leading this and keep guiding it and the community is the most important part obviously so let's make sure we invest in that um but also, uh, also, I would say, honestly, my life has gotten better. I feel like our team's ability to grow and uh, not feel, you know, the, the burden that we were starting to feel in 2019 and 2020 of uh, kind of, you know, a, a lone wolf feeling of like having to solve all this on our own. We actually have some um, capability now in terms of teams and people and, and backup uh, and expertise, frankly, and, and just capability that was going to be really hard for us to build on our own. So, cause my, my goal is to, uh, yeah, have this marketplace be, you know, growing and vibrant and viable for, uh, as many people as possible. Right. I'd love for everybody. I think it's a great way to transact a vehicle and to be involved, uh, in the car, um, hobby space. So, um, being able to do that was going to, we were either going to need to build a ton of things, you know, build the pyramids in Egypt ourselves uh, or find somebody come and help uh, help do it alongside us. And so it was it was the sure. right time to do that. So to hear you say that we haven't messed it up uh, and we've stewarded it um, in a way that has been positive or almost, uh, um, you know, transparent in some way. Um, it's really what we've been trying to do. And there's, there's neat things that are coming and, but it's always for us, uh, part of the reason for our success early on, my, my co-founder buddy and I, uh, Gentry, we were always like, you know, this product is a result of not, not, you know, huge earth shattering changes, but like a hundred, you know, or a thousand little micro decisions to make it a little better, little right. better, little better, little better, all the way along. And that, that lets people be comfortable with it because you know it's not going to be some sort of, you know, earth shattering problematic change. So we've tried to um, put ourselves in the shoes of the community like yourself and, and do it in that way. So, so I think that's all been a, a positive sort of uh, experience for us. Well, one of the one of the scariest things in life, no matter whether it's job, family, anything, is is change, um, much less big change. But if you don't embrace change, you'd still be doing uh, BAT on your computer at night after the kids had gone to bed and working for BMWs. So, change is what keeps the thing fueled. Um, 
and it's it's been positive and uh, refreshing to see that the the good change has worked out well, but the change everybody feared doesn't seem to uh, doesn't seem to be the factor that they feared it would be. Yep. But the right thing to do is to talk about it and be honest about it back then, right? And be like, let's talk about those fears. Yep. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, what we can do to avoid that, right? And take people's advice. The, the, I mean, it's scary to have thousands and thousands of people watching every decision you make, but it's also a tremendous resource for feedback, right? So I, I really love, and people think I'm crazy, even on my staff, people think I'm nuts, right? Because I'll, I'll like get in the comments and be like, why do you think that way? Like, what, what should we do? You know, and that's like, you know, internet suicide. And, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I love it. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how bad that could get, but, uh, but we, uh, we have uh, gleaned all sorts of ideas and interesting things from the BAT community, like directly like that. And I, it's sure you got to stand there and kind of defend yourself a little bit. You can't leave your post. You can't say something online and then disappear for two days. Otherwise, you know, you go down in flames, but I, uh, I like being connected to it. So I, I guess I have a knack for that. I don't know. It's kind of one of my things. Well, um, people are so invested and I use that term, um, fairly liberally because most of us have no investment whatsoever other than um, than the psychological or emotional investment, but they're invested in the site. It's a part of their lives, and uh, they they have strong opinions. And um, the fact that you uh, are willing to listen to those and realize that they're an important part of your business model uh, says a lot to why BAT is as successful as it has been. I've got another question for you. Go for it. Um, I actually love Q and A. That's another thing my staff says I'm crazy about, but uh, but I love it. Hit me in, hit me with another another uh, couple of these. So, uh, in most businesses, there's an eighty twenty rule, uh, meaning that twenty percent of your customers or twenty percent of your members account for eighty percent of the revenue or the sales or the whatever the fact is. Um, that's just a general rule. Do you think that applies to BAT? Um, that's a good question. I mean, man, I, I tend to, uh, you know, I watch all these numbers, but I tend to look that the interesting stuff is the stuff out on the fringes for me, right? I love, obviously, new users that are showing up first time ever. Uh, the, the comment uh, dynamic you were talking about, right? Like this guy's like a BAT rookie coming. They joined three weeks ago and they're selling selling their family heirloom, right? I mean, I love that just because it's it's part of people discovering this new way and this transition to a new way of selling things. They're no longer subject to the, you know, the person with the snakeskin shoes on the corner that's going to rip them off, right? <laughs> now they, they got a better opportunity, which for me feels like a uh, positive uh, overall. But secondly... Um, I think, uh, that on the far other end of the spectrum, we've got these crazies. Yeah. People like setting records for how many cars they bought on BAT in this way that just kind of makes my head explode. Right. Uh, I think I've got a car problem. Some of the people on BAT have a, have a very serious car problem. And, um, so seeing those on the fringes, I, I think is really interesting and can, can warp what the actual numbers are. I would say 80, 20, um, yeah, probably a good rule of, uh, uh, to guide that. I think that, um, yeah, we look at numbers like I, I would love my favorite thing on BAT, uh, would be if people could use it to buy a car, keep that car for a while. I don't know, call it two, three, four years, whatever that, uh, time horizon needs to be then come back to BAT, sell it on BAT and buy another cool car on BAT, right? I mean, obviously from a business sense, uh, that's sort of a no brainer for us, but also just sort of that uh, experiential life cycle. I would love for people to turn into multiple buyers and sellers on BAT for uh, what I honestly think is kind of their own good. I think that's a way to have a very interesting life, frankly. Um, and if you could yeah. do that, um, and do that, you know, in sort of some sort of break-even financial way, like, wow, what a, what a neat uh, set of experiences you could gather for yourself. So I love encouraging anything we can build on the website that will, you know, develop uh, an ease 
and a, a trajectory towards, yeah, multiple buying and selling. And then, so I think we're getting more people starting to head uh, in that sort of direction. Um, will that only be 20% of folks? Um, it, you know, the, the internet's a, a different deal than you say, you know, many businesses are follow this guideline. I think there are so many people that just discover BAT, the, you know, the user, the views and stuff, you can measure everything right down super granularly where people are, their zip code, all, all that sort of stuff based on traffic flying around the internet. Um, and it's so easy now to discover BAT and just to kind of glance off it. You know, you come in, you look at a Mazda Miata and off you go down the internet, uh, Mazda Miata, uh, super highway. Um, and so I think I think an internet business, I think maybe is a little different than the 80-20 rule. I think the audience is massive compared to the buying and selling audience. But um, I, so I think that skews the percentages, but I think that's a good thing. I really like the visibility. And obviously if you're auctioning a car, the, the, the huge eyeballs and visibility has really changed the model instead of, you know, folding white chairs in a tent someplace, it's, it, it feels, <laughs> Like the audience is truly unlimited, which uh, mathematically it's maybe not quite unlimited, but man, it sure seems like it. You know where these where these cars end up trading, right? People overseas buying them, and that would I mean, would they have ever discovered um, that car you were talking about at the end of the driveway with the for sale sign in it? It's just sort of a different universe, and so yeah. um, I think that the numbers online are really a different thing, and on online. Uh, I'm torn a little bit. There's some things online that are really terrible and some dynamics of what the internet has done to society and everything else that are, are not always positive. But I think the visibility of, of this sort of transactional thing, I think is positive on the whole. So I think that's really neat. Piggybacking on that, uh, it's interesting. I, I remember seeing a car just in the past week or two uh, and I wanna say it was like a Corvair van or something obscure that was for sale and the guy that he had bought it from got on and commented and uh here you get to hear more of the history of the car and and it's changing hands over and over again on the same forum so you can actually track the history follow the history hear the comments and he he bought it four years ago enjoyed the heck out of it created a, a myriad of stories surrounding it and then sold it for more than he paid for it four years ago. So yeah, the, the uh, repeat business is the, always the best business. I mean, the more, the more we can encourage that, I mean, that's like the grand slam in the ninth inning sort of story, right? I mean, that's like, it's like unbelievable. I mean, if there's any way we can foster that sort of uh, good feeling uh, amongst those people and then let other people read about it. I mean, who may not have the money for that car, whatever it is, whether it's 10,000 bucks or a uh, hundred thousand bucks, right? I mean, the way that they can participate and be kind of part of it alongside, I, I just love that dynamic. It's really, it's really, again, a surprise, nothing that we planned on, but it's just a really uh, neat thing to sit back and watch. Yeah, you couldn't have planned on that and had it turn out that way. <laughs> that's, uh, that's organic, isn't it? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. One more question. We're coming up on, uh, I think we've been on for an hour. What, uh, what, uh, I want to respect your time. Um, what, uh, one more question for you though. Uh, that I have for you. Yes, sir. If you got one. I do. So we've talked about, um, how, how important cars fit into our, uh, our lives and they tell the story and each one is a chapter. Is there a particular um, car related story from your childhood that you haven't shared before in terms of a vacation, a, an event, a happening that um, you still look back on and it stirs emotions and you, you get those feelings every time you see that type of car. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll jump back to, um, my mom drove a Mercedes W123 station wagon, a 300D, right? Non-turbo. Uh, I think it was an 84, maybe. My dad would correct me on this. My mom wouldn't care what year it was, but it was burgundy, <laughs> brown interior. And we had three kids, three kids family. I so I got the seat in the middle of the back. 
uh, with my one sister on either side. Um, and we would drive that car on road trips and we would drive that car to the mountains. We'd drive that car in the snow in the mountains. It was two wheel drives. And my dad would be out like putting chains on the back of the Mercedes. Um, and the, the interiors of those cars had sort of a smell to them. You know, they had the, the pointy headrests with that look kind of like the you know, cat's ears sticking up off of them. And it, it had, you know, things built like a tank, but man, it was slow as all get out. 300D diesel non-turbo. I mean, the thing was just, you know, spitting out black, you know, soot everywhere. <laughs> I can't believe my mom like gassed that thing up all over town with the, you know, smelly diesel pumps and everything else. Crazy. But a lot, a fair amount of people had those. Obviously they sold a zillion of them and we have them on BAT all the time. And particularly the wagons, the sedans, we knew people that had the sedans too. My grandmother actually in Texas had one of those as a sedan, uh, had an uncle with one as a sedan. Um, but those cars um, obviously stir a ton of memories for me. I, they had chrome door handles on them. So when you'd walk up to them in the summertime, they'd burn your hand when you tried to get in them, right? I mean, all, all those sort of things that, uh, you know, you kind of look back and, and chuckle about, but um, that burgundy is sort of an iconic color and they, they popped up on BAT in that exact color scheme with the bunt alloy wheels. And I, you know, I, I was into car, like you said, uh, reading Life magazine or whatever. I, I knew cars before I knew really any other stuff. And I certainly knew driving around in, in the family station wagon and um, those, those memories of how old we were and, you know, what kind of, you know, knee socks we were wearing and, you know, holding your favorite soccer ball in the back seat of the car, driving around our community where we lived, um, with all five of us in the family sitting in that car. And then maybe mom just driving me sitting, maybe I'd be lucky enough to get a window seat in the back. Uh, if the sisters, if the sisters were occupied somewhere else, you know, I mean, all that stuff is just, uh, just crazy. Or my dad who, you know, hand washed all of our cars, uh, in the driveway. And so, you know, Saturday afternoon, like that car, there was a bucket and sponges in that car and that's what happened. Right. I mean, that's just kind of sure. the rhythm that we were in. And so those memories, um, whenever I see one of those cars come up and, and so me naturally being afflicted with this, I'm like, do I need one of those? Right. Like it pops up on BAT. I was like, do I need one of mom's old, you know, Mercedes? Should I have my wife driving our kids in one of them? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Sure. You, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. I shouldn't make my wife drive an eighties diesel, you know, <laughs> like, but uh, I mean, it's still the, the nostalgia sort of takes my mind to a like, wow, maybe I need to go back and do that again. But on, on some other level, maybe I, Maybe I don't need to do that again, and 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 that's okay. But those those memories, I still love talking to my folks about that, and my sisters, and and whenever one pops up, one of the neat uh, sort of cultural dynamics in the BAT office, uh, which we're excited to get back to to having, um, given that it's been closed for a while, is. Yeah, we'd shout out like, you know, you're sitting at your computer and like a car pops up and you're like, oh my goodness, hey everybody, you know, like my mom used to have one of these, look at that wagon that just popped up. I would say that kind of stuff all yeah. to the team. And it's just, it's just a feel good moment. So in that description that you just gave about your mom's car, think of all the senses that were, that were touched on the way the seats smelled, the way the handles felt, the way the headdress looked, the color. I mean, it, it they, these things touch, all the different senses and make such an impression you could probably if you thought about it long enough recall the music that was playing on the radio while you were sitting in the back seat being the meat of a of a sister sandwich um it's they there's just nothing else like cars to to tell the story yep Absolutely. I love it. I'm, I appreciate you jogging my memory on that one. I could get rolling. You say you got a million questions. I could tell Mercedes wagon stories for probably the next three hours if we wanted to sit around. But hey, uh, I am probably going to call it uh, here. We may need to have you back if you've got a long uh, list of questions, but I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I want to thank you personally for what you've done uh, on BAT and contributed uh, in the last couple of years. I want to thank you on behalf of everybody on BAT um, and the audience who, you know, encourages uh, interaction and, and creativity and, and just the overall uh, positive uh, influence of some joy that you've brought to all of us. 
And um, yeah, and then just thank you for your time here the last hour uh, chatting. I'm sure our audience is going to love it. It has been my pleasure uh, and look forward to uh, getting on and seeing what pops up as far as the next listing. Fantastic. Well, we'll stay in touch. I will certainly make good on that t-shirt promise and any other uh, things we need to send your way. And we are looking forward to uh, upcoming uh, podcasts where we can have some more fun folks on. But this conversation has been terrific and I really enjoyed it. So Captain, my captain, uh, everybody listening, go. You can search uh, him by name and his profile um, and see, uh, see where he's contributing on BAT. And he is one of just many, many interesting folks that we have out there and, and will continue to have in conversation. So that's it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.